Curious. You would make an excellent Cephalon, Tenno. Welcome to Cephalon Squared, a Warframe community and podcast. Find out how to join the collective by heading over to our website at cephalonsquared.com. Now, here are your Cephalons, Greg and Lucas. G'day and welcome to episode 59 of Cephalon Squared. I am your host, Cephalon Greg, and I'm joined by Cephalon Lucas. How are you? Good, sir. Good. Good, 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 good. Good things are good. This is why um, I called you good, sir, because I knew you sir. were good. <laughs> Turns out you're yeah, always uh, good. You haven't not good. been well, good, except for when you've been excellent. Uh, yeah, that's true. Or fantastic. It's been, been, been a bit of a busy day. Um, massive cleaning. I actually got to rearrange my room after this, so yay. Are you going to rearrange <laughs> it so your TV's next to your computer so you can do funky stuff? Uh, I mean, I can try, but I don't think that will happen. That's a bit poopy. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see what I can do. Oh, well. We'll see what I Shit can happens. do. Shit happens. Give it a shot. Shit happens. It was Father's Day here in Australia. I know that it's Father's Day like a month or so ago in the States because Japan does it the same way. And my wife being Japanese, we've had to say Happy Father's Day to her old man a month ago. And now it's Happy Father's Day to me because I'm old with Hellspawn. <laughs> So that was a good day for me. I got to eat a freaking massive ribeye steak. I felt like fucking, what's his name? Fred Flintstone eating a goddamn- Nice, nice. Yeah, it was huge. It was seriously a brontosaurus steak. Thank (laughs) you, world. The world giveth, giveth, and I consumeth. (laughs) Anyway, people are waiting patiently for the weather cast, Lucas. Let's give it to them. They are- but maybe we should stretch it out just a little bit longer to make them wait that little bit more. Fuck it. The weather here in Ipswich at the moment is 17 degrees Celsius with a 70% humidity. That was a mean Cephalon, Lucas. Mean. (laughs) That's 63 degrees Fahrenheit for all you Fahrenheit users out there. Down here in Melbourne, it's 11, 52 degrees Fahrenheit and 80% humidity. So it's kind of weird and sticky, but still kind of cold. Yeah. Today was actually pretty warm. Winter is over. Winter is officially well, for over us. for us here in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's springtime. Spring. Yeah. Bird sing. Hey ding. Hey ding a ling. Sorry. Willy Wonka. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's tangent night tonight. I can feel it. I can feel tangents. it in the air. All the tangents. I can feel it. In- okay, anyway. <laughs> Cephalon Warframe time. What did you do in Warframe this week or gaming in general, Lucas? Well, in gaming. Gaming. Shit. Um, of course, our week started off with good old uh, Smite Night, Fuck which yeah, was did. as fun as always. Really do love that. Actually, quick call out. Every Monday night, we do Smite Night. We want to have a Smite team. So if you are up at the time we play um, Smite, which is between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, Monday nights, join us for fun and shenanigans in Smite on PC. Smite night. Yeah, let's build a team. Yeah. Let's go pro. Let's go, pro. <laughs> <laughs> let's go shitty pro. Yay. <laughs> Scrub pro. Yay. <laughs> um, so that was that was pretty much the start to the week. Uh, I did play a shitload more of Remnant from the Ashes because, damn, that game is great. Mm-hmm. So damn good. Um, and then I kind of ended the week off with a hell of a lot of Warframe because, well, topic of the day, Saint of Ultra- Ultra, Ultra, Saint of Ultra, Ultra, I guess, yeah, yeah, 
Hit the and PC. That was, that was lots, lots of good stuff in that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so we will get into that more later on in our discussion. But how about you? What did you get up in, uh, to in gaming this week, Mr. Greg? <sighs> lots of things. Lots and lots and lots of things. So a little bit of Remnant, because I will be doing a review on that. Uh, some of you may know I also write for a website called Power Up in Australia, and I will be doing the review for Remnant. Yay! I love that game. Yay. Too long, didn't read. It's a good game. Um, <laughs> I also was reviewing a game called Man of Medan or Man of Medan. I don't know how to say it. It's a survival, not a survival. It's a horror, an interactive horror game. It's really cool. If you've played the game Until Dawn on PS4, you'll know what to expect. That was super awesome. And I've been playing Control because I love the Alan Wake series and I love everything that, that the um, developers Remedy makes. And I've just been playing the shit out of that game because it's fucking fantastic. But at the same time, I'm not doing a review of that game, so I need to concentrate on Remedy and Warframe. Oh, something completely separate to gaming. The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. It's out. Watch the shit out of it. It's so fucking good. Oh, and Tool, new album. Good stuff. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, and a shout out. Here's a shout out. (laughs) Scum Death to Bastardo, one of the guys in our- um, discord he is in a band called war crab if you like sort of sludgy death doom have a listen to his band's new album called uh oh something about damnation shit i can't remember uh but yeah listen to it it's really really quite good i've uh i've got it myself support everyone that supports us that's what i say so congratulations to scummy and Yay. his band war crab awesome all righty there's not much news this week because the Saint of Ultra PC hit this week, and we're going to talk about that. So, do you want to do the next one? Yeah. Uh, new Prestige Collection on Xbox. There's actually a shitload in it. There's two uh, Warframe skins. There's a Tonkor skin, Ooh. and it comes with the Tonkor as well. Ooh. Plus 300 Platinum and a few other things. So, Ooh. What skins if you're are on they? Xbox, uh, there's an Excalibur and Rhino, maybe? Jade skins. Nice. Very nice. Go cool. get them. Yeah. So if you're on Xbox, pick that up. Recommended. Awesome stuff. Depending on what price it is. If it's 50 yeah, bucks, it's right. probably not worth it. But <laughs> prestige collections usually like under 20. So. Yeah. yeah. Usually. Anyways, the other piece of news and the only other piece of news really for the week was the Valkyr and Saren Prime are the next in line for unvaulting. There's some really good stuff in there. Personally, I'm looking forward to the Lisette Prime skin. And the Operator Prime uniform, or whatever you call it, suit. Uh, I'm looking forward to both of those. Good fun. So check it out. There's information on the website. We'll put it in the show notes. But that's it, really. Yeah. That was it for the news this week. Jeez, Anything jeez. you saw that happened during the week that you want to call out? Um... No, I can't really think of anything. I mean, there, there was a lot in the Saint of Ultra, but again, we're going to be talking that about that very short, uh, very, very soon, so... Yeah, exactly. All right, last thing is, of course, PAX Oz. We are still waiting to hear whether or not we have a podcast. The fact that it's still stretching out starts to mean that I think we might not be in luck. But who knows? We may be. So, sad face. But sad face still pending possible happy face? I don't know. Sad face (laughs) question mark? Sad face question mark. So, if you want to see us there, get on the website cephalonsquared.com and register your interest in just having drinks with us and we'll make it happen. Drinks with the Cephalons. Cephalon drinks. We're thirsty boys. Cephalon drinks. 
Yeah. We can do it with a rum. Or whatever. Come have a rum with me. <laughs> Come have a rum with Lucas. All right. Into our discussion for this week. And this week, of course, we're talking about the Saint of Ultra update. At first Damn. glance, I would say <laughs> when you first look at it, you might think there's not that much to it. There's a, there's a new Warframe, yay. There's uh, uh, some updates to an existing game mode. There's a Shorzen and a couple of other little bits and pieces. But, you know, how much does it actually add to the game? Interestingly, quite a lot. Yeah. I think there were 25 pages to the uh, the notes. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> That's, That's a, a shitload. Lot of, of That's things. a big drop. Because there was lots of little bits and pieces that they changed as well. And, and that the little bits and pieces don't really change the replayability. I mean, there's things like now you can get, instead of having a, a maximum ribbon mod capacity of 90, now you can have up to 120. Great. Yay. That doesn't really affect the game unless you do a lot of Riven farming. What else was there? They added some new bounty additions on uh, Planes of Eidolon so that when you finish a bounty, you can do some extra stuff to get more standing. Whoop-de-doo. I mean, that's that, that's kind of, kind of nice, I guess. If you do bounties a lot. Yeah. yeah. But who does these days? When you're doing Nightwave only. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from that, I guess some of the things that you liked in particular that don't mean a lot to me, but, you know, different people, we play different ways. There were buffs to a bunch of bows. So did you want to touch on that, Lucas? Shit. Okay, so apparently, with the way bows were prior, is that the the biggest example they gave was the Paris. So the numbers you would look at on the Paris stats in the Arsenal didn't match the damage that the Paris actually dealt out when in a mission. The mission was lower damage than what they had promised. Uh, so what they did was they kind of fixed that, made it all neat and tidy, but then looked at bows in general and thought, well, shit, these are still very under underwhelming and uh, let's buff them. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, so most of the changes are damage increases for charge shots and non-charge shots for you know the general consensus of bows um but one of the big changes i particularly like is that they've made the die queue a hell of a lot stronger now they the die queue originally had a 20 percent crit chance and a 50 percent status chance they've dropped the status chance down to 46 percent so it's only a small tiny minuscule insignificant drop but the crit chance has been increased to 3.4, uh, 34%. <laughs> I was going to say. 34 <laughs> time, 34% chance. Jeez, I can't even word. You got it out. Brain got it out. 34% chance at crit hits. So huge boost there. And um, why does that make a difference? It makes a difference because it's a single shot. So like a sniper, bows, you want to be really taking an enemy out with a single shot rather than having to shoot them multiple times. And status just doesn't have the same impact as crit does in that particular situation. So 20% crit was pretty good for the DiQ, especially if you had a Riven. Yeah. But 34% now makes it extremely viable, plus 46% Ooh. status. It's probably now one of the best bows in the game, I haven't tested it. Don't fucking take me at my word don't, on that. Don't, but don't quote. Don't quote. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is definitely a hell of a lot better than it was. Well, the DiQ already was second in damage to Lens. Yep. 
So already having the second highest base damage, now having 34% fucking crit at base. But I think it's crit um, multipliers, not amazing compared to other bows. So, oh well, you win some, you lose some. It's got fuck a load of status. You can now build it to be a beast. Yeah, you can you can easily build this thing to be a, a beast now. So that's great. And I think the lens was the only bow that was untouched, but that's the, the god bow. The god so bow that makes perfect sense changed. anyway. <laughs> yeah, god god bow's fine. Exactly. Um. So yeah. Cool. Buffs to bows. Another minor piece that was updated is, of course, the infested dojo decorations. Some of you out there might be saying, minor? I've been waiting fucking years for that shit. And congratulations to you. I'm glad you enjoy your infested dojo decorations. But I don't care about decorating very much. Lucas does, but I don't know if he's into the infested aesthetic. Mm, not in a lot of the areas we've got in the dojo. Um I feel like that particular aesthetic should be used in rooms that are ignored. Yeah. Usually, a single a so. single room, keep it contained. Yeah, or in a corner, just kind of yeah. looking fucking weird in a corner could be cool. Yeah, I mean, on PlayStation, our um, Oracle room, the room you need to build in order to have the uh, research labs. I've put spider webs in that room because it's fucking pointless. <laughs> there should be <laughs> spider webs in that room because nobody goes in there. <laughs> Yawn. So, yeah, may- maybe a room like that. Something that's just absolutely pointless and shouldn't even be in in a uh, dojo. Just maybe chuck in a few infested decorations just to <laughs> liven it up a little bit. Indeed. Something that, I'd, well, it was probably in the 25 pages of updates, but I didn't fucking read through all the, the notes. So, <laughs> there were, just by fact that we discovered them ourselves while playing- some new buffs and boons added to disruption. And the main one we saw was one called Minefield, uh, which adds yep. a minefield <laughs> around the- yep. um, Around the entire map. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, obviously, that's a boon. So they've obviously added a few different things to disruption to make it even better. There was also some changes to Nightwave, Lucas. I've forgotten what this was in particular, but you were mentioning to it. Yeah, this this one is a bit of a, a pain to oh, newer right. players coming in. So stuff like the Clem Lua, the Clem, for example, that's a good one to start. If you haven't done the man of his um, words. the quest line, man of man of his words for uh, the Clem quest line, um, man then of few you words. are what man of few words. Yeah, then you're unable to do. The uh, Nightwave Clem objective. Challenge. Yeah. Which is yeah. Crazy. Clem challenge. Um, same thing applies for a few other ones. There was the Lua uh, Ascension tar- tra- Trials. Uh, if you haven't done the Second Dream, you can't do that. Uh, yeah. There was just a few others that are kind of locked now behind um, the the progression of the story. So yeah. if you, if you want to have access to everything, you're pretty much going to smash through the entire story. And on one hand, that's a real pain in the ass, and I completely agree that it is a pain in the ass, because on our PC accounts, there's a few things we haven't done that we didn't want to do, like a man of few words. Now we've got to do it so that we can do that fucking nightwave thing. So it is a bit of a pain in the ass, but they also made another change to... So at the moment, if you finish all of the weeklies and all of the dailies, at least on console, then you can do the catch-up stuff. Now they've made it so that at least if you've done just all the dailies, then you can catch up on the previous week's stuff, or you can start to catch up. So you don't necessarily need to go through all of the weeklies to start your catch up. 
which means if there are a few things in there that are tripping you up because you haven't done a man of few words or you haven't gotten to the second dream, at least you can go through the dailies to get some catch up stuff. So yeah, I think I think if you've got about three uh, tasks left, that's when it allows you to start doing. Oh, is that the how it works? Up. Okay, yeah. So at least that way. There is some catch up you can start doing a little bit earlier, but still, I think it's a bit of a pain in the ass to lock people out of things. At least let people be taxied to stuff. Yeah. So no more taxis. A bit sad. No more taxis. That's why you call Uber instead. <laughs> Indeed. All right. And the only other small thing that isn't really a small thing, but is pretty damn cool that was added is something that they're calling a universal medallion. Now, if you don't know what medallions are, I believe we've talked about them before, but we'll talk about it again in the syndicate missions. Whenever you're running through doing a syndicate mission, there will always be a whole bunch of medallions hidden throughout that mission that you can collect, that you can then use for syndicate standing. This is a universal medallion that now is a reward for disruption. Is it only on the Lua map? Don't believe it's only on the Lua. I think it's on a few different ones. Yeah. Yeah. Random random drop for one of the, one of the, the C rewards, I think TSC it is. Yeah, rotation. Rotation C. Um, so, yeah, and this Universal Medallion, you can turn in for Syndicate standing in any of the Syndicates. Now, at the moment, it doesn't include Conclave and one other. Uh, no, no, two others. Conclave, Samaris, and Samaris Vent Kids. And the Vent Kids. Yes. But. At the moment. DE did say they want it to be Universal across all all syndicates but they're just testing it out to see how it works with the existing syndicates for the moment and then they'll move it over so they might end up adjusting the amount of standing you get from it um, depending on how many people achieve them how they use them that kind of thing but the simple fact is <sighs> one it's going to be easier to get standing for things like vox solaris thank fuck and two, soon we'll be able to get Conclave standing without having to play Conclave. <laughs> Thank fuck. And just to let people know, Event the Universal kids. Medallion is worth a thousand standing currently. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So those are the small things. Small things. Apart from that, I've got in this list one, two, three, four, five, six, seven larger things. We'll start with the most boring one, I think. Harrow Deluxe. Yeah. Harrow Deluxe. He's out. What do you think of his skin? I mean, it's pretty. It's 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 <laughs> it's better than the the uh, Zephyr Deluxe I've got working on. Uh, <laughs> that's true. I mean, I've seen I've seen some fashion frame with it that's looked fucking amazing. He's got like some fire thing happening in his head that looks cool. Yeah, he's, you can see his cores kind of beating in the middle like a heart. Yeah, kind of thing. that looks cool. It's very ah, uh, it's very mystical. It's yeah. very mystical, regal kind of feel about it. The armor set that comes with it, if you if you buy the bundle, is immaculate, and I think that is one of the two reasons why I actually want to get the Harrow Deluxe bundle. But the other reason is the spear gun skin that looks absolutely divine. It doesn't even look like a gun, so in my opinion, it kind of makes you look like you're just casting spells from a massive spear. Looks like a mage wizard staff. Yeah. Yeah. That is so freaking cool. I do have to agree with Wiki, uh, Wushy, though, from our Discord. The staff, mm. the pole is so thin. It looks so fragile. Yeah. But the top is really intricate and beautiful. It is a fucking good design, but um, it's just so thin. It is. It is. But I think that's kind of what makes it feel more like a wizard staff. 
I guess. The fact that it's not it's not bulky to kind of show mechanics of like a, a of a gun. Yeah. It's just it's just a stick. It's just an ornate stick that shoots fireballs. Fair enough. <laughs> We're seeing a little bit into Lucas's psyche tonight, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, I'm those two pieces: the 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 armor set and the the skin for the. I'm just going to say Javlock because fuck it, I'm putting it on the Javlock when I get it. <laughs> Javlock skin and the armor set look immaculate, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Harrow looks cool. Yeah, not my thing. He looks a little bit too esoteric for me. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's just me. That's my personal opinion. He he does look pretty fucking sick, but he does. Yeah, but not for me. Yeah. Not enough to spend my uh, hard-earned platinum on. All right, let's move back up to the top, I think, and we'll go down from there. Yeah, so, Gauss, Lucas, Gauss, 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 Gauss. <laughs> Gauss. What do you think of young Gauss now that he's out? Gauss, um, he's super fun. Like, <laughs> there's no build-up. He is so much fun. I, I couldn't actually bring myself to do a specialized build on him for strength, duration, or uh, range. I just thought, let's do something different with him. And it worked so damn well. And I'm having so much fun with Gauss. 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 You have done something really special with him that was actually quite clever. I'll give you that, Lucas. You were clever because there's a number of different ways you can build him. But because his passive boosts his shields, basically, depending on how much charge you have in your kinetic- He boosts his shield regen. His shield regen, yeah, based on your fucking battery charge or whatever the fuck it's called. You have used a whole bunch of non-standard mods to build something that's- Probably pretty fucking sick. So tell people what you did, because I'm I'm proud of you, Lucas. Is what I'm saying. Aww. I'm like a dad. <laughs> I am a dad, and I'm telling you, I'm proud of you. All right. Oh, well, thank you, you did well. Yay. So what I've done is I've actually I've looked at the set mods, and instead of going for the you know, the standard kind of continuity, whatnot, all that kind of stuff, I've thought let's go with as many auger mods as I possibly can, and maybe even throw in a couple vigilantes for um the use on his primary weapon. Why? Why? Because, well, shield rocks on this guy. So I've beefed up his shield as much as I possibly can without going into Vigor or Vigor Prime. Um, So I'm sitting at about 13 to 1400 shield, thanks to his uh, Auger mods um, as well. And any abilities I cast will kind of beef up that shield a little bit more so that's very nice we've got some nice shield going we've even got some shield that's what they do uh we've even got some shield regen in there just to spice things up and as far as i'm concerned duration range and ability strength all need to be in the positives so not overloading them with all the high stats but you know just got my duration about 160 percent range about 130 power 130 and even efficiency is about 130 because the main focus of this build is to keep his shields up ridiculously high and constantly it works he survives he has more than enough energy to cast his abilities and casting his abilities just gives him more damn shield yeah that's why i think it's clever because using the vigilante mods and the auger mods and you haven't just used one 
You've used a few of them on your build. It's, it's yeah, very I've heavily used, catered towards was it. it. Secrets. Shit, I can't even think of them names right now. Uh, Secrets, Reach. Yeah, no, I can't remember all their names. Just, yeah. But I've used about four of the Augur mods on Gauss himself. Uh, and then I think I've put one other Augur mod on in my secondary weapon just to beef it up to that five points out of six for that build. So it's like 200% of energy uh, used is converted to shielding. Yeah, which, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. So every time yeah. you use your abilities and with Gauss, you'll be l- using them a lot. Uh, we'll do, oh, yeah. we've, we've got to do an, uh, an episode on him because he's a G and we're past the Gs now. So we'll have to do him in the next couple of weeks. But uh, his second ability, you need to use that fairly often. You want to keep refreshing it. It's a shield, but it's duration based. Uh, his third ability uh, is a DPS ability that's really useful. Also does a little DPS, bit of light AOE, CC. CCC. Yeah, exactly. So you want to use that pretty often. His first ability is got to go fast, and that's fucking amazingly fun. So, so you'll be constantly fun. using it. So basically, the more you use his abilities, the more your shield goes up. It's just it's a it's a really clever build. Yeah. So, so keeping that keeping that shield up topped up nicely. I will steal that from you, and I'll call it the Lucas build. so yeah gauss is gauss is really amazing he's not going to win any prizes for being the best fucking uh frame in the game and he's not going to like i'm sure people are going to do 12 hour bloody survivals with him but he's not going to beat Saren or nidus or anything like that in a you know top tier warframe competition but you know what he is compared to Saren and nidus a hell of a lot more fun fun yeah (laughs) He really is. He's a lot of fun just to run around. I recommend you get your hands on him as soon as possible. He's not, well, well, he's not easy to get his hands on. He's also not that hard. So a few of our people in our Discord managed to get him relatively quickly. He drops from Disruption C, I think, um, rotation. So as long as you're good at Disruption or you've got a good team, you should be able to farm him relatively easy. But that does mean you need to get into the game past Natar. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anything else to say on Gauss? No. No. Oh, he he looks good. He does look Shiny. pretty good, actually. A lot of his lot a lot of his a uh, lot of his um his uh, color schemes are metallic. So, damn. Yeah, and I think part of the change that they had this uh, with this main line was that they fixed up the way that metallics look. They all more constantly look metallic now, and you can really see it on Gauss. Uh, plus, they've also changed a bit of the um, the atmospherics and the lighting. You can really notice that in your orbiter. So, good job, DE. Good I'm job, I'm doing a D. thumbs up right now. You can't see it, but there it is. All right. Next, we'll talk about his weapons. So, he has a primary Ooh. called the Exceltra and dual secondaries called Acarius. Let's talk about Exceltra first. So, what is it? It is... A microplasma rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds so cool when you say it that way. <laughs> and fuck, it is cool. And and <laughs> and it is fully automatic. It is. It's fully fucking automatic. <laughs> little mini rocket launcher. Oh my god, it's so good. So damn cool. Oh, we're so gushing cool. over it, and it is. It's worth it. I mean. I'm yet to do a really good build with it, so I don't know how powerful it is. But I think it's up there with the Fullman in terms of new weapons that are top tier. I'm pretty sure it's it fucking is good. It's so much fun. That's the difference. It's a, it's more fun to use than the Fullman. 
maybe the foreman might be a little bit more powerful. I ha- like I said, I haven't had time to build a proper build with it, but the Exultra is just fun. Yeah. And has big, <laughs> beefy balls on it. Oh, yeah. Very crit-based. <laughs> very, very, very crit-based. Crit based, very high, and it doesn't do any self-damage. Yeah, well, it can. It can. And I, I've actually I've KO'd myself on it once, but that's because I was moving way too fast. Okay, interesting. Because I've I've tried <laughs> to kill myself and it didn't work. But I think it's got to do with the distance from when yeah. you shoot it. So if you're moving while you're doing it, then yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So if you it it it's uh it's got a safety mechanism to avoid such situations, uh, where the missile needs to travel a certain distance before it will actually explode so if you're shooting enemies point blank you're basically just doing standard blunt damage to them but if you shoot them from a distance then it's going to actually explode dealing more significant damage to an area Mm -hmm. for example if you're using gauss and you're running really fast forwards shooting there's a good chance you're going to keep up with the bullet and kill yourself explode explode fair enough okay well, I haven't tried that yet, but keep that in mind, good people. But like, apart from that, it's amazing. It's so damn good. And I mean, what's it? 2.8 uh, times multiplier for crit damage <laughs> at base. Yes, it's huge. You throw on vital sense and you're already looking at a near on 7%. Yeah. <laughs> Seven uh, times. I think I got so to 6.5 like, with one vital sense fully maxed. Yeah. Holy crap. That's huge. I'm not a big fan of its fire rate, to be honest. So I did use, uh, what's that mod that drops fire rate for crit chance? Crit momentum, I think. No, I can't remember. Oh, uh, lethal but momentum. basically, that's the one. So increase my crit chance even further. I think I'm sitting about 95% crit chance. And I dropped my fire rate down from 12 to 7, which honestly, that feels a hell of a lot better. Interesting. Might give it a shot. Yeah. And it can chew through bullets very quickly. So a ammo mutation or a carrier are pretty much needed for it. But so good. So good. And you can still pump out some major damage. Uh, so this is part of the reason why I wanted to run vigilante mods. Uh, just to get that, I think I've got it at 20% uh, chance to increase the level of crit. So nice. yeah, pretty much hitting with a lot of yellows or orange crits con- yeah, nice. constantly. It's quite nice. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Very nice. The Acarius. Now, these on paper sound bow, fucking bow. amazing. <laughs> They're dual pistols. Each one fires a single mini rocket, I guess. Well, no, grenade is probably a better way of saying it. Homing grenade. Homing grenade. So, it sounds like it should be fucking sick. Yeah. But it's not. Sadly, mm. reload is way too slow. Yeah. It's got a cool reload am- animation, but it's just extremely slow. There's only five or six shots in the magazine. Well, 10, ten bullets or mag, but because when you pull the trigger oh, once, right. you're shooting. You shoot two. Tw- uh, I think you actually shoot like three, three to four. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, you run, you run through bullets so damn quickly. Uh, should add in right here that both the Exceltra and Acarius have the passive that if you're sprinting while reloading, you reload faster, but that still doesn't make up for the, I think it's four seconds reload speed for the Acarius. It's fucking dumb. Ugh, so goddamn dumb. Mm-hmm. It makes me soul. hate the weapon. Like it, I, yeah. I hardly used it because the reload was so painful, and I, I don't even know if I've given it enough of a chance to shine. The first mod I actually put on it was reload speed. 
What are you? Am I one? <laughs> That's what I used to do. <laughs> this weapon needs it. <laughs> it really does. It's it's a bit sad because it sounds like it should be good. And to be honest, the design's pretty cool. The I design like the is design. great. It's Buck Rogers in the twenty first century. Sorry. The fact that the, it it does homing uh, homing grenades is so damn cool. Uh, so you don't even need accuracy on this thing. You can swap out accuracy for damage. That's nice, but again, that reload speed and the fire rate is even slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, ammo consumption really mm-hmm. just. I think you're given forty bullets in your in your reserves, and you just chew through them so damn quickly. It's not good. It's not good. Damage is is nice on it because it has a base of like a thousand blast damage. Yeah. So damage is freaking insane. But the it, it fires in an arc. They're it, grenades. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's not easy to use. I mean, there's probably people out there who are going to get its damage up massive and they're going to figure out how to use it and good luck to them. I was probably completely wrong on that damage descent. But yeah, it, it, it does have <laughs> pretty, high, massive, dude. pretty high blast <laughs> damage to begin with. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it, we'll see. More time with them. May change our minds, yeah. but uh, that's how it is initially. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna say straight up for me that it's probably a C rated weapon. Yeah, I don't I don't wanna put more time into it, sadly. Nah. Nah. I got it to thirty. I've got every single slot on it modded and eh. I got it to thirty without hardly even touching the damn thing and I just wanna get rid of it. <laughs> it's yeah. a bit sad, but it's the truth. It, it's bad. Exceltra, amazing. Acarius, eh. Less. Alright, so Moving on from Gauss and his weapons, the other major change to this update was the expansion to the Disruption game mode. So up until now, Disruption was only available on one game mode, uh, sorry, one node on Jupiter, and the rewards were meh, so-so. Meh. But now, freaking, what's his name? Alad V has sold his Disruption techni- uh, Technology. Tech- all throughout the galaxy. So now it has spread to Grenier Galleons, Grenier Asteroids, Mars, Lua, and the Kuva Fortress. So it's all over the fucking place now. Lots of different places you can do it. And there's lots of good rewards, such as the Universal Medallion we were talking about, and Gauss. And Gauss, yeah. Gauss's weapons. Uh, and then there's also... The Kuva, yes, um, from the Kuva Fortress, uh, and it's actually a really fast, um, fast place to get Kuva from. To be honest, Talk I'd about say it, Lucas. I would say it's actually faster to get Kuva doing the Kuva disruption than it is to do the Kuva survival. Uh, so every every single time you succeed in killing a uh, demolist, you get I think it's fifty Kuva. So four demolists in each wave, you get two hundred Kuva straight up from that. But then for completing a full wave, I think the uh, first time is 250. So you get about 450 Kuva from finishing just the first wave. And then every one after that is 350 plus your 200 from killing all four Demolists. So- and each um, phase of Kuva survival is 200, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's clearly above and beyond. Oh, much, much. Um, and it does have some very interesting uh, choices of enemy for the uh, Demolus as well, uh, such yeah. as the 
Kuva Guardian, and if you've played through the story and you've reached that point where you've had to face them, you know that the mechanics in beating them are not as simple as just point and shoot. Yeah, they're not so straightforward. I mean, it's not they're not hard to kill, but it it shakes things up when they are on the scene. Yes, um, and you know, throwing that into a disruption where you're already kind of like, ah, what the fuck am I doing? Really does add to the uh, <laughs> experience. Yeah, fucking I. <laughs> I mean, sadly, I didn't get a chance to do a Kuva disruption on the weekend, so I haven't had a chance to do that. But I did play it on Mars, and I did play it on Lua quite a bit. Oh, Lua was good. Lua, I've got to admit, it was really fun going to Lua for two reasons. One, it was challenging. I mean, we were, we were, you were, we were using some leveling gear, um, so it was challenging. Uh, won't always be, and if you've got stuff that's already leveled and you're good to go, you're going to smash through it, but it was fun. But the other thing is, it seems to have a really high chance of spawning challenge rooms. Yeah. So if you have a lure challenge room, Nightwave uh, Act, or whatever they're called, I recommend doing lure disruptions when they hit your platform, because they really... I mean, we were getting almost every time we had two challenge rooms in each one. Uh, we, we did three runs. The first one we did, we got two challenge rooms, and they were actually located in the middle of where we had to uh, protect the outpost from Demolus. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the, sec- the the two after that were one one test in each one, and again, it was pretty much located where you had to do the disruption. So- it was like, okay, you can do a disruption while you're doing the test. It's just yeah. like, it was shit. It was, it was so, it was, it was nuts, but it was so damn good. It really <laughs> was. It really was. So it was, it was fun. I mean, is it going to be fun to do all the time? Different story. Yeah. But just the fact that now Kuva Disruption is a new place to do your Kuva farming. Uh, the Lua Disruption is actually fun to do. Is there a reason to go back to Lua? Not necessarily yet. That Echoes thing we talked about last week, Echoes of Umbra, uh, was removed at the last second because of all of consumer feedback, we'll say. Yes. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's rightful, rightfully so, I think. Um, and hopefully they'll make it even better. But, you know, there's not necessarily a reason to go to Lua apart from the fact that challenge rooms. They did also drop, uh, a new, um, uh, focus lens. Oh, the Lua right. lens. Yes. The Lua lens. And it it is a hell of a lot better than the Eidolon lens. But the biggest drawback I've already found on it is that it requires a specific material that drops uh, from the Lua disruption that can only be acquired from the um, Demolus. Yeah. And it also requires one Eidolon lens in the crafting. So, yeah. It's a pain in the ass to get. And you, and that does give you a reason to go to Lua because you need to get the whatever they're called, the fibers. Yeah, Lua, Lua fibers. Lua fibers. Yeah, fibers. Whatever they are, but the Lua lens is worth getting. Okay, yeah. that does give you a yeah. reason to go back. But if you've done all your focus farming, it doesn't. Yeah, and I didn't actually get a chance to test this one myself, but the disruption that they put on Neptune um, is apparently very high in credit rewards to kind of give players a different option than just going to the index in Interesting. order to acquire more credits. Uh, now, it's not like as much It's not as much credits as you would get from doing index, but it's still, you know, 
more so than you would get from any other mission apart from Index. So, it's a, it's an yeah. option. I like it's it. an option. And options are good. Credit farm disruptions. Indeed. That's, yeah, that's cool. I like that. I am in agreement with you. Um, that is pretty cool. So disruption is the one thing I was alluding to earlier where I said it looks like it's a small update, but it actually is pretty hefty. And it's mainly due to the fact that disruption is a worthwhile game mode that they're trying to put some new rewards into to give you a reason to play. Um, and we, we spent a lot of time doing different disruptions over the weekend, mainly just Mars and Lua, and we really enjoyed ourselves. So yeah, kudos to the team for making a small change that had a fair bit of impact. Well done. Yeah. Good job, DE. So, yay. yay. All right, so we'll move on from that, unless there's anything else you want to say about disruption. I'm just going to say straight up that they're currently uh, now, with the addition to all the new disruption uh, nodes, there are now seven nodes in the origin uh, system that are disruption. And other nodes have kind of been swapped out. I think a few hijacks have now disappeared. Nothing wrong with that. Bye, hijacks. Bye, hijacks. Poo mode. You're a poo mode, hijack. Yeah, boring and dull. Anyways. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So the next major addition and the last really major addition is the Shawzen. Shawzen. Shawzen hero. Or Shawzen. Shawzen. If you want to sound like having a stroke. It's Galson Shawzen. Okay. Sure. Why not? Um, (laughs) So now you can play the damn thing. And at first I thought, oh, only three strings. What can you call on this? But fucking hell. (laughs) Three strings, but each string has a different fret that you can play on it. So, you know, it makes nine notes that you can play. Yeah. It's pretty fucking good. To be honest, and you can even alter the uh, the tones too. There's a there's a um, you can you can well, you tune it to have different ch- tones. Yeah. Oh, of course, you've got the um, the yeah, Fuck. yeah. What are they called? So, yeah, and then you get the 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 whammy whammy bar as well. Exactly. So people have done some pretty amazing things with it already. Played some pretty cool songs that I was just like shit. Okay, yeah. and it's to be honest, when I picked it up and I started playing tunes, I was like, wow. <laughs> you can actually play tunes on this damn thing and it's not you can. it's not a bad thing it is still a bit of a gimmick it, it is it's a gimmick it's straight up a gimmick but it's a fun gimmick it is and they've added a guitar hero mode where a whole bunch of notes come down from the screen and you play them well you try to play them <laughs> and away you go how successful were you at that lucas i haven't even touched that i've just been strumming random random tunes <laughs> give it a shot because <laughs> fuck it's hard oh yay because <laughs> i mean I, we play on controller right so on yep. controller at the moment you can't rebind so well you can't rebind on on you can't rebind on this. pc at the moment yeah. it's coming in a future update but at the moment it's it's you know the uh x or the abc whatever whatever you controller you're using you've got four buttons at the moment it's the left three that play the keys uh play the notes and you use your triggers and and buttons at the top to change the frets yep so each note that comes down requires you to press two buttons each note. So as you see a note, you need to think, okay, what button's that? And what's the other button I need to press at the same time? Ding, 
ding, ding, and it's fucking hard. <laughs> My brain does not work that fast. I'm sure there's like a 15 year old bloody genius out there who's just like, but <laughs> shells and hero. Yeah, fucking, <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> anyway, we talked more about the shores than I expected to. It's fun and silly, and it has four different guitars you can pick up. Yes, each for forty <laughs> platinum. <laughs> that's cheap, and it's, it's not just that expensive. Uh, you, it's fun. yeah, it's just something you throw into your uh, emotes. So yeah, yeah you can if, sell if two two gold mods, and you'll you'll have yourself a Shorzen. Yeah, so if you want to try it out, it's it's cheap. Just throw it into your emotes and sit down and strum. Indeed. Yeah. All right. The next thing is a quality of life addition that was added that really makes a big impact on the game. Oh, yes. It's something we've talked about in the past. It's the look and mod link function, yeah. I guess. Talk about it, Lucas. Okay. So basically, uh, let's let's just example look link. Uh, if you've got a fashion frame that you're really super proud of and you want to share that fashion frame with your clan mates, well, then you just open up the clan, make sure you're on the clan chat tab. Go into your arsenal, look into your appearance on your Warframe, and you'll see a little link thing, like link symbol of a chain up in the top uh, right corner. You click on that, and it will give you a link in your chat that you can send away to your clannies, uh, and they can click on it and have a look at your glorious fashion. And if they so desire, they can even copy your fashion, and it will show them what... Uh, color palettes you've used, uh, what special skins you're using, all that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. Same thing applies for the mod link. So if you're looking at a particular build that you want to share with your friends, same thing applies. Go into your, make sure you're on the right chat tab, uh, chat tab, bleh. Uh, go into your uh, arsenal and upgrades. And again, a little chain link symbol up in the top right corner. Press that and you can put your um, mod build into chat for people to have a look at and possibly even copy. The beauty of it is for the fashion frame, it will have a list of all the things you use down the left side and it'll tell you what you don't have and how much it will cost if you wanted to buy it. Yep. For the mods, it'll show you all the mods and it'll have a red mark against any of the mods you don't have. Yeah. So it it's very intuitive to see what you do and don't have. And if you click apply... It will apply everything minus what you don't have. So you can closely approximate what that is without having to, even if you don't have all the pieces. It's really, really cool. I did test it. I think it might have even been with your Gauss build, Lucas. Yes, yes. I, I sent you my Gauss build. Because you did. And I thought, I'll just test the button and I'll press it. And I didn't have most of the Augur mods, but it's still copied over everything that I did have. Yeah. It's fucking cool. Um, and then, of course, because we're all streaming and we wanted to show off everybody your fashion frame for Gauss, you uh, you uh, fashion uh, look linked your Gauss fashion frame to me so I could show it to all the people that were watching stream. Indeed. So it, it actually, it's, it's going to be very useful, particularly in-game, because now you can share everything directly without having to try and explain things. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice if you could also export ModLink, at least ModLink, but what's the difference? Yeah. Or if you could send people a ModLink as an inbox message, that'd be cool. Actually, that would be pretty cool if they um, kind of connected ModLink to their uh, phone app. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it would be. That'd be awesome. Think about nice. it, D. Think about Think it. Think about it. <laughs> we put the idea now. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've I've used this I've used this a lot over the weekend. So yes. Good job, D. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's it's very useful. <laughs> very useful. Alright, the last thing that they added was not something that they talked about a lot. It was um it was mentioned but sort of brushed over. It's called the Leverian, and the Leverian is a new way of sharing lore with people. It's very interesting, very cool, but extremely well hidden. So, yes, <laughs> to tell you how to find it, you go into your codex at the front of your orbiter, you go to Warframes, you choose Gauss, and when you see him on the screen there, sorry, when you see him on the screen there with his stats, in the bottom right-hand corner, there will be a new button that never was there before called Leverian. If you click on that, you will be transported into what is essentially the weave. So, you know, you'll be transported into a synthesized environment by the Cephalons, where there is a new Cephalon or a custodian of the law who will walk you through the story of that particular character. And the interesting thing with Gauss is you see an, a, a, a drawn image of him where it tells you the story of him. You see each of his signature weapons tells you a little bit more about him. You see his helmet tells you a bit more. And then you see the Warframe itself down the back and it tells you a little bit more about that um, particular Warframe. And I found this really engrossing, really interesting, a great way of telling the lore without having to have a quest. All they need to do is pay someone to do the voice acting, really. They just swap out the assets for whichever character it is. I was blown away by it. I think it's a simple way of adding lore, and I liked it. What about you, Lucas? It was very, very similar to the idea I dropped a couple weeks ago, and I could not help but laugh and love every second of it. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> See, Lucas is actually a, a consultant to DE, and um, he called them up and just said, look, this is just this little idea. You don't have to copy it. It's all right. It's just a little idea I've got. And um, they laughed and, and stole it. So <laughs> I guess they owe you money now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, no honestly, it, it's it's a great way to throw it in. The lore that they actually showed for Gauss this first time around was very, very um, interesting. It kind of, oh, it had a very unique feel about it. Like just being told this story, not not even living it, but just being told this story was just like, it almost made you feel like you were living it. It was it was very enthralling. It's ah, oh. I think it's I think it's um I think it's really got to do with the nature of of people and storytelling. Yeah, reading something on a screen does not have the same impact as someone telling you the story, even yeah. if it's the same content. Mm. So listening to this person tell the story kind of paints a picture in your head, and you see it really differently. And you almost experience it like it's yeah, like it's happening. It's like it's like reading a book. It's like you know you know how when you read a book and you can kind of vividly imagine all the things happening. That's what this felt like. Yeah, it was it's it's really different. I like the way it's done. 
I hope it's done for more things. In fact, I hope it's done for virtually everything. I'd like to see a Leverian button at the bottom of everything, even things that have their own quests. I mean, he did say that this me. was the first, the, he, when you walk in there first time, he does say that, uh, this is the first, the first, uh, what do you call it, uh, exhibit set up, and hopefully there will be more soon that he, he mentions that. Yes, yeah, and there's a donation box. And there's a donation box. So you can put money in. I put one credit in and he wasn't very impressed. Lucas put a fair bit more in and he seemed to be impressed. So that's pretty I, I put in 35,000 credits just for shits and gigs. And yeah, he was like, oh, that's <laughs> such a glorious donation. Thank you so much. And yeah, Greg got a very disappointed he was less response. impressed by my by my one credit. So I'm, it I'm hoping- like, um, It was almost like Barracketeer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm hoping that there'll be a rather than a Leverian button at the bottom of each thing. I'm hoping that there'll be an actual Leverian that you can go to in the future that's like an encyclopedia that you can just flick through and find all the information. And I think it'll yeah. get to that point, but yeah. yeah. Um I mean, if you also if you also if you go to the market and have a look at Gauss in the market, the Leverian buttons there as well. Oh, okay. Good. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. But yeah, glorious well done DE that was fantastic addition uh, yeah. most impressed and yeah you've got our tick of approval big tick of approval yeah keep going keep it up go back keep and do all doing, the others keep doing good <laughs> things because good things are good all right so that's the saint of ultra update and who is the saint of ultra turns out it's gas himself you'll find Gauss out himself go to the Lavarian, you will find out more Anything else you want to say about the update? Ooh, Zephyr. <laughs> okay. This was a That's small- unexpected. This was a very, very oh, small thing. Right. But for a Zephyr lover like myself, and I know I've corrupted a few of our Discordians, so- <laughs> And it was thanks to Raven for pointing this out to me, so thank you, Raven. Uh, but Zephyr, the biggest change of the entire update, <laughs> the most Spit important change- uh, Zephyr's first ability when you fly gloriously. Now, if you collide with a wall, you will not be stuck in the animation of constantly slamming up against the wall. It will immediately stop the first ability and you will just stop. It's a like, very good change. It's a it very is. good change. So, yeah, Zephyr is, has now just been made perfect. Thank you, D. <laughs> 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 nice. All right. Anything else about Santa Ultra? Uh, no. I've I've <laughs> said all I need to. Okay. So on to our beginner topic for this week. And this week, I decided to talk about something that came up in this week's fucking Nightwave. So Nightwave asked you to deploy an air support charge. I think they're called. And I figured that there's probably a lot of users users. What is this, Tron? There's, <laughs> there's probably a lot of people out there that don't understand or didn't understand what an air support charge was. So I thought I'd talk about the landers and what they are. You may wonder why there are several different lander options and what they might look like inside if, if you grab one of the others. But the reality is the landing craft is not your orbiter. At present... There's only one way to actually see the outside of the orbiter, and even that is only via artwork that is found via the codex, provided you've unlocked the Cephalon fragments for it, of course. So what's the point of the different landing craft? It really comes down to two things. One is fashion, and the other is utility. So fashion is easy. Players like to have something different. So not only can you choose 
to purchase or farm for different landing craft within the game, but you can also acquire different skins for them, not to mention the fact that you can change the colors. You can do this, of course, via the landing craft option within equipment in the main menu. So you go in there, you choose the landing craft, you choose the colors, etc. On the other hand, though, utility. Each landing craft has its own deployable air support utility that is unique to that landing craft. However, in order to utilize this, players need to have acquired the blueprint for air support charges, have built them in the foundry, and assign them to their gear wheel. Now you do get the blueprint for air support charges early in the game, but then you quickly forget about them, at least I did. Once you've built them and assigned them to your gear wheel, you can then, of course, call them into play during any mission. Uh, they can be used multiple times during a mission, but there is a 10 minute cooldown timer that you can see in the gear wheel once you've activated an air support charge. So let's have a look at each landing craft and their individual air support offering. First up, we have the Lisette. This is, of course, the stock standard landing craft. This is the same one that every Warframe player has in possession and the only lander, I might add, that has a prime skin, wink wink, coming soon with Valkyrie accessories pack in the unvaulting. The Lisette is simple in its offering, which is called override. Now, when an air support charge is used, it will override all lockdowns and alarms currently in play across the map without requiring any hacking. It will also stop any countdowns in play during spy or rescue missions, but only temporarily. So if you are playing a spy that's a relatively important spy, you can use this air support charge and it will slow things down for you to give you that little bit extra time. One thing I didn't look up, but just sort of struck me, Lucas, I'm not sure if you know, can you use air support charges during sorties? That is a very good question. And I think that deserves further investigation. Wink, wink, looking at you, Discordians. <laughs> well, Lucas, can you maybe look it up while I'm uh, doing I, the other three? I can try. Let's see what I see find. If, see if you can find it. If you can't, you can't. But um, yeah, I just thought of that while I was reading it out. See what I can find. All right. The second is the Mantis. Now, the Mantis, of course, is a pointy insectoid landing craft, and it is actually uh, named after a, a praying mantis. And this can be farmed from rare storage containers. <sighs> so it's a real pain in the ass to farm because they don't show up very often, and often they will show up and you'll miss them. Anyway, the parts are tradable, so there's that, I guess. This craft provides air support via what's called the Med Tower. Now, this deploys a physical life support station that players can activate to replenish, replenish 100 health per activation. So each station provides up to 20 activations. Uh, so it is actually pretty useful if you're doing something tough and long-lasting and you need to have some refillable health, but it's only a health per, 100 health per activation. So keep that in mind. Next, we have the Scimitar. Now, the Scimitar looks less like a blade and more like a Stingray in reality, <laughs> although some may argue that a Stingray itself also looks like a kind of blade. Who am I to disagree? The Scimitar's blueprints drop from the Tenno Hunters, so the fuselage itself drops from the G3, the Grusterag 3, 25% drop rate, and it's only from one specific member of the G3, which is Vem Tobruk. 
The engines drop from the Stalker or the Shadow Stalker, and sadly it only has a 1% drop chance from either, so that's the most painful part to get. And the Avionics drop from the Zanuka Hunter, and this one has a happy 50% drop chance. Yay! The Scimitar does provide air support via what's called a carpet bomb, of course, essentially dropping a bunch of bombs around the player, each one dealing 25 impact damage and knocking down enemies, which is pretty useful. Now a quick little Mythcast bonus. Bonus, a scimitar, of course, for those who aren't aware, is a traditional curved short sword, particularly common in Eastern European countries. Dun, 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 dun. And lastly, we have the Ziphos. The Ziphos is both the strangest looking of all the landing craft and also the largest. In a way, it resembles a kind of glaive. Its blueprints can only be found by finding and opening all three hidden resource caches in sabotage or exterminate missions with drop chance of 1% or less. So happy farming! Yay! At first glance, the Ziphos air support seems straightforward, and it kind of is. Deploying a charge will deploy a sentry turret. However, there are a few things to consider. The turret will always deploy at level 30, and it has its own shields and health, and while shields can regenerate, the health can not. Health can, re can be recharged though, by uh, the rejuvenation aura, but it won't be rejuvenated in any other way. Shield Osprey Spectres will provide extra shield and a faster recharge, though, so that's also useful, but they will fly away, so you kind of have to assign them to the turret if you want them to do that. The turret provides puncture-based damage plus knockdown, and if you can keep them alive for the 10-minute cooldown, you can have more than one in operation, so it could be useful for defense missions, for example. And again, for a little Mythcast edition, a Ziphos is actually a Greek short sword that looks nothing like this landing craft. <laughs> it just looks <laughs> like a little blade, a double-edged blade. So there you go. That's all of the landing craft and all of their abilities. To be honest, we probably used the uh, Mantis life support station a fair bit back when Plague Star first came out. Um, it really helped us then. But for the most part, we don't really use them these days and we forgot they existed until nightwave told us to make the air support charges yeah yeah how did you go with finding out whether air support charges can be used on well sorties thanks to reddit it turns out that you can use them during sorties so that one that does the uh, uh what's that for the Lisette? Temporary hacking, yes. Yes, the that override. is currently the most useful of all of them because it can save your ass in sortie uh, rescues and spies. Very interesting. Save your ass, people. That's cool. We didn't know that, so we've just learned something right now on the spot. Cephalon learning. Learned Add thing. it to the data bank. <laughs> all right, cool. Good to know. I'm going to keep those. I'm going to keep using the set because I continually fuck up spies. <laughs> yes, I do. Fair enough. All right. Anything else you want to add on landing craft? No. No. Advanced topic. Over to you. Advanced topic. Right. Okay. So this week on advanced topic with Lucas. Toroids. The Corpus Rachnoids, a spider-like mechanism found upon the Orb Vallis of Venus. These mechanical monstrosities are presumed to be powered by a part commonly referred to as a toroid. Besides from the fact they are found in rachnoids, very little is known on these spherical contraptions. 
However, for some reason, the inhabitants of Fortuna find value in collecting as many as possible, and it is because of this fact that it is possible to earn favour with Vox Solaris and the quills associated with them. At present, there are five variants to the Toroids, each one obtainable from a different model of Rachnoid, except for two which are obtained from the far nastier creations, the Orb Mothers. So starting with the Orb Toroids, let's get the big ones out of the way first. The first Toroid available is the Chrisma. This shiny contraption in the eyes of Vox Solaris is worth 6k standing and drops from the Prophet Taker Orb Mother in Phase 4 of the corresponding heist. Then we have the Lazulite uh, Toroid that drops from the Exploiter Orb Mother and can be traded for 12k standing and is currently the most valued Toroid. It's so now moving into the smaller, farmable Toroids that don't require you to fight an Orb Mother. We have the Vega, the Calder, and the Solar each of which is valued at 1k standing apiece. The biggest difference between these three are the Rachnoid models that house them. So Vega, top of the list. Vega, is, which is dropped by the Might Rachnoids at a 1% chance. During the first stage of the Exploiter Orb, you will find an abundance of these nasty annoyances. So if you're looking for a constant flow for these little spider bots, the Exploiter Orb is uh, the fight to go. Or you can fight any enemies in the spaceport uh, when you have a four, a level 4 um, alert uh, for a 1.1% drop rate from any of the enemies. Yay! Next we have the Caldatoroid, and this one is found in and around the Enrichment Labs where the Cytorachnoid spawn. This toroid has a 20% drop rate from said Saito, or a 1.1% drop rate from other enemies in the area, and usually requires alert, four, alert level 4 active to call forth the necessary rachnoids. But an easier way to farm this is during phase 2 of the Prophet uh, Taker heist, where once completed and you're told to head back to Fortuna, you cannot head back to Fortuna and will essentially be put in a constant level 4 alert until you return to the elevator. So farm away. The last toroid is the Solar, and this can be found in and around the Temple of Profit, with a 20% drop rate from the Kaita Rachnoid, or again a 1.1% drop rate from any other enemy. Again, you will need to hit level 4 in the corresponding area to trigger constant waves of enemies, where the Kaita will eventually spawn. In addition, the three toroids acquired from the Rachnoids may also be found in any of the 17 caves on the Orb Vallis, in a very similar manner to the Ayrton sculptures, where you see the item, and you interact with it, and you pick it up. Success! Yay! I did not know that, so yeah, cool. There's also a the first three phases of the, uh, the heist for the... Uh, Profit Taker. Uh, each one has a corresponding Vega, Calder, or Solar toroid drop at 12.5% on succession of that phase in the heist. Uh, so what the Vox Solaris use these objects for is beyond me, but if they're willing to pay for everyone they receive, then who might ask questions? <laughs> exactly. Nice. nice. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. I thought there was another one. Cool, cool, cool. Where did that come from? That came from a lot of people in our Discord asking about Torrid farming recently. Yay! Now, I know there is a little bit of a bug in PC at the moment where Toroids don't seem to be dropping. 
but we thought we'd help you out for when that bug is fixed anyway. And it does seem like doing the um, phases of the heist might actually be a better way of farming for them than going yeah, into the space. Especially on phase its own. two. Phase two is always the go-to. It seems phase two is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you get those uh, those um, helmet drops, strained muds. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Two out of four. <laughs> Halfway there. <laughs> Halfway there. We're going. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool. So that is toroid farming. That's the end of our beginner and advanced topics. Hopefully you enjoyed them this week. Hopefully they were helpful. Next, we're moving into Lucas. Love letters to Disco Box. All right. <laughs> this week, we've got a love letter to Dis- Disco Box from Jellybean1799. And it oh, goes like this. <coughs> Oh, Disco Box, your voice is so angelic, I thought I was in heaven. <laughs> Thank you, Jellybean1799, for this week's love letters to Disco oh, Box. That's glorious. That was absolutely beautiful, and it's so true. It it's is so, so true. true. I think I'm in heaven every time I listen to the show. <laughs> it's beautiful. All right, so if you'd like to send a love letter to Disco Box, all you have to do is use Twitter and send him uh, a message at Disco underscore Box directly. Don't do a direct message, do it via Twitter. Copy on Cephalon Squared or use a hashtag Cephalon Squared and tell him how much you love his voice. Be as silly as you like because it makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving right along into the community callouts this week, we had one addition to the reviews, and this one actually came from the UK. So thank you, UK. You have gone up a notch in my books, whereas, you know, New Zealand, Canada, a couple of those other places, really got to pull your socks (laughs) up. You'll get there. Canada's doing better than New Zealand, but then again, you know what? Canada's population compared to New Zealand... It's much, much higher, so you could be doing better, Canada. <laughs> At least one or two more. This Please. is shit-stirring by Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at it. All right, would you like to read out this week's review? I will, um, and I apologize if I butcher this name. So, iTunes US review from Vargo Byron. Can't recommend enough. Five stars. Keep it going, guys. I drive and work more than I probably should, so I need people that I can live vicariously through when I can't play. The more you release, the more I listen. Pretty easy equation. Thumbs up, Vargo Byron, if that is your real name. Thumbs it's okay up to indeed. get his name wrong, Lucas, because it's not his real name. <laughs> so thumbs up to you, buddy. Or glad we can friend. help. Bloody oath. We are glad we can help, and we will continue to release the same amount. Because otherwise we'll struggle and it'll hurt our brains. And our brains are fragile, especially because we're, I don't know, shitty. (laughs) I am. Lucas is pretty awesome. Cephalon has too much information. (laughs) (laughs) Information overload. Must give information to others to free up space. (laughs) All right, indeed. So, next, Lucas, ready? Cephalon question time. I can't remember how the song goes anymore. Uh, neither so. do I, but hey, <laughs> it still sounds good and we don't practice these. I think it was beautiful. <laughs> it was fucking beautiful. So this one's from Stoic. What's the best feeling in Warframe? That is, what makes you say, yes, I am so damn happy while you're playing the game? Hmm. 
Interesting question. <laughs> Very interesting. What do you think? Well, I'm going to be smart off right off the bat and say when a defense mission ends. You don't like defense missions? They are boring. They take too much time. They are boring. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> when a but defense is that mission the only ends. time that makes you go, yeah, I'm enjoying Warframe? No. Um, I actually had many of those times over the weekend playing with Gauss because Gauss makes me so happy. <laughs> He's fun. He's so much fun. Um, when a mod I've been chasing for a very long time drops, <laughs> condition overload. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, or when I obtain a riven for a weapon that I've been desiring for so much time. Yes. Acquisitions and mission endings, it seems. <laughs> yeah, I suppose at the moment, really, a lot of the the payoff for Warframe is in getting rare things. Yeah. And I think that's something that um, Steve has talked about because that's, you know, um, like uh, Eiflin was talking about last week, that's an extrinsic payoff <clears throat> and he's looking at uh, intrinsic payoffs. But I've got to say, ever since I started actually getting into Warframe, I notice every once in a while I'll just be playing and it's usually when I'm playing with other people, often when I've got a full squad, and I'm just having a bunch of fun. And sometimes I'll just think to myself, fuck, I love Warframe. And it's just when everything is working. Like, I'm not bored. I'm using a really good Warframe, and I'm using a good weapon, and everything's just enjoyable. Nobody's out there getting all the kills. We're all just doing our thing, having a lot of fun and talking shit. Sometimes I'll just think to myself, fuck, I love Warframe. And that's um, that's a quality I haven't really found in any other game, I've got to be honest. I think this weekend with the uh, the update drop has actually been like exactly that. Yeah, it really exactly has. That. And just actually, I've got to say. It was fun. I did notice it in Smite. I have noticed it recently while playing Smite where I'm just like, fuck, this is just a dumb fun game. Yeah. Yep. It's mostly mostly because you're playing with other people now. Yeah. Because I, I know- And, and I know maybe you're, that's you're, what it is. Yeah, because you, you're the same as me. If you play like those kind of games by yourself, you kind of start thinking, I'm not good enough to play with other people, so mm. eh, I don't want to be thrown into that toxic environment. But when you're just playing stupidly like we do, it's yeah, just dumb it's just fun. dumb fun. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, Warframe is sometimes when everything just- Gels just falls it into place. Feel really good. It's uh, a feels good game. Time, yeah, but most of the time it's when you get a rare thing. Sadly, well, not so sadly because rare things are cool too. Rare things are cool. All right. Yeah. 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 Cool. Anything you want to say before we end up episode fifty nine? I cannot stress enough how goddamn fun Douse is. Gauss is awesome. <laughs> Gauss is great. Get to the chopper and use Gauss. Gauss. He's awesome. All right. That is a fitting end to this episode. 
please go to our website at cephalonsquared.com. Join our Discord or Facebook or whatever you'd like. Send us a message if you'd like to get in contact with us. There are plenty of ways to do so at our website. Give us a rating on your podcast platform if you'd like to help spread the word and let other people know that we exist. That would be wonderful. Uh, But now would be a great time to thank our patrons. Are you ready? Patrons! Yes. Go. Thank you, Rathok. Thank you, Wolfsbane. Thank you, Jellybean1799. Thank you, Adop underscore 88. Thank you, Einself1000. Thank you, Lord Frieson. Thank you, Logan Neal. Thanks, Danathan. Thank you, Solarian. And thank you, Obsolete Ninja13. So thanks to these people who do keep us going week on week and help us to improve the show across various platforms. So thank you to all of these people. And if you think you do enjoy... Cephalon Squared and you'd like to help support it, head on over to cephalonsquared.com forward slash support and you will see a number of ways that you can do so. Otherwise, simply spreading the word is also a wonderful way of helping us. I mean, thank you. I think, yeah? I think I enjoy Cephalon Squared. Then go on to cephalonsquared.com forward slash support. Lucas, what are you Yay! doing? <laughs> chop, chop. <laughs> And thank you to Jan at Disco underscore Box on Twitter for the intro and outro. Get on out there, send him a message at Disco underscore Box on Twitter to tell him how beautiful his voice is and how you can fall asleep to the sound of his sultry tones. Anyway, <laughs> thank you to you for listening to yet another episode. Episode 59, it went much longer than I expected, but Saint of Ultra is a good update and I wanted to talk about it. But Greg, Greg, who are you? My name is Greg Newbegin. I am... Mad capsules all over the place. Who are you, Lucas? I am Lucas Silvestri, and I am Silverlight all over the place. S-I-L-V-R-L-G-H-T. Massive thank you to our lovely community. You guys just do so much for us. It's it's amazing. Really do love you guys. So thank you for your ongoing support. Humbled. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you in a few days for Oberon, I think it is. <laughs> Lucas can't wait. I've got a big smile yeah. on my face. It's going to be fun. Yay. Troll time. <laughs> All right. Catch you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cephalon Squared. If you'd like to contact us, reach out via our website at cephalonsquared.com, where you can find us via email, Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. But don't fret, there'll be more Cephalon Squared in a few short days. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. (laughs) 